What's up, goats? Welcome to season two of Startup Hype Man's Goat to Market Show. I'm your host, Startup Hype Man founder and chief pitch artist, and of course I go by the name Raj Nation. This season we've got a special treat for you. If you haven't already heard, I officially dropped the album Goat to Market, the first ever hip-hop album about you, founders, and about the life, startup life. Goat to Market is an eight-song concept album telling the story of a founder's journey from idea to capital raise. It's a story of struggle to success, getting up after being knocked down, breaking down in order to break out, and dealing with the doubt, distractions, and detours, and route to dominating and becoming, well, the GOAT. Now, a lot went into making this album, from the initial concepting, to the beat making, to the lyricism, to the overall storytelling, and someone who was instrumental in bringing it together was a man by the name Pablo Gonzalez. Pablo is the founder of Be The Stage, a company that specializes in creating digital word of mouth via streaming podcasts, interactive trade show boots to run podcasts live off the trade show floor, online content, and so much more. And Pablo has become a good friend of mine over the last couple of years, and I decided to make him the creative director for the album. So think of his role almost as my creativity consultant, helping me get out of my head, helping me figure out the album's story arc, working with our producer. He even makes an appearance on one of the tracks. For this season of the GTM show, instead of me interviewing other guests, I'm actually the one being interviewed by Pablo. We talk about the album, the concepts and themes, the behind the lyrics, you know the deal. Listen, I put my heart and soul into this album, and this is my way of letting you inside my head. Haven't heard the album yet? Goat to Market is streaming everywhere. So if you're on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Tidal, or any other random network, just search Goat to Market or Raj Nation and get ready to be taken on a musical journey. And if you want to chat with me directly about the album or about anything you're going through with your startup, whether that's pitching, figuring out your go-to-market strategy or something else, Remember, I'm just a DM away if you join our online founder community, the Goat to Market Club, at startuphypeman.com slash gtm dash club. Without further ado, I give you season two of the GTM show, appropriately titled Making the Goat. As we were thinking of this track, it was originally going to be the first song of the album, and it was when we were still in this phase of having five songs. First one is like aspirational dreamlike. Then it was going to escalate tension up until exit and like living the life. And when you first gave me it, it was the second song that you gave me. So I get around was like a banger right off the bat and I was super into it. And then you give me this and I was like, Oh, okay. He wants to sing. Like it's a, uh, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is Drew Hill out here. And my head first went to this idea of, man, I just really clearly remembered it was maybe Eminem's second album. And it was when I was in college and it was like height of Eminem phase where there's like this one stanza where he sang and my buddy Cortland was just like, see, he's willing to sing on his album and that's why his fans love him. And I was like, all right, Raj, show your multitude, yeah. like show your like multi-talent on this thing. And as I listened to it a couple of times and I would play, like I would play, I, I started playing it for, I, I would play, I get around for people and it would immediately hit. And then when this song came out, I was like, all right, I'm going to play this song first and then I can be any, and then I get around and it wasn't immediately hitting. And I came to you and was like, Hey man, I'm not sure how I feel about this one. You're like, I think this is one of these songs that the more you listen to, the better it's going to age. 
And I can tell you right now, that's hundred percent what happened. Like at first, like I was like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I totally get it. The more I heard this, the more I liked it. And also I think we solved for this idea of this being the first song by creating the intro, which I'm sure we've talked about at this point by the time that we released this thing. So yeah, man, were you, what was the thinking behind like singing? What, what, were, what, what were you going for here? I think on a personal level, I was going for just like the range, right? Yeah. I can carry it to at least a decent, to a decent length. And I wanted that to be able to come through because I also know not everyone has the same ear. So if you do a half dozen songs or more that are all the same kind of sound, then it gets repetitive. And then I would even argue it has more of a mixtape feel versus an album feel. And the whole time the vision was this is an album, not a mixtape. Um, so... I think it was a bit of experimentation on that part, but intentional experimentation. And the point of this song, this is really, even though technically it's track two, it's really the first track. Like the intro is like the trailer for the album. And then the story starts here, if you will. Yeah, totally. So the idea is this is like the blue sky dreaming sort of, vision song and it's a combination of the the main character having this level of commitment while also being scared because they're stepping into something new that they haven't done before so the like the hook right it's the repeat of i can be anything which is what you tell yourself but then it's couched against the last line of the hook saying so why did I choose this life? I could have literally chosen anything. So why did I choose this? So that, that juxtaposition is intentional to show you can have the dream and it can, you can present as going for it while at the same time have this doubt. And that's what this song expresses. And again, because it is that initial stepping into it, the song has like, it's a clear sounding song the production value on it is high. The, at least through the first one and a half verses, it's a very easy to follow along with, right? It's more, it's singing the verses rather than rapping the verses. And that's to convey that when you're in that headspace, you feel like you can see and think clearly regardless of, and it's at the same time being conscious of whatever is holding you back, which is what those Right, that's what the lyrics are saying. I can be anything. So why did I choose this life? Dreaming of the high life. You told me this is my life. I left it up to my right. See me on my eyesight. And then it's like, never gonna back it out. Even if I'm nearing zero in my bank account. Check it out. Looking like a blank amount. Heads down, ship it this week. Break it out. Regardless of what's at stake, I'm committed. I'm going for this. And then that second verse starts with a little bit of, oh, here's what's been happening because I'm committed to this. And you're like, looking at my past life, calculate the half life, try to get the math right, telling me to act right, drowning in a spreadsheet, bang my head against the desk, feel like a deadbeat. 
And so that that shift to the wrapping at that point is done to help evoke the sense of now that you're fully aware of what you've stepped into, now you can start to be in a certain flow about it, even if it's not glorious the whole time. Because you're wishing, right? You're dreaming. Yeah. You know what I like about it, man? I like that you you wrote this like song that feels aspirational and it feels dreamy, right? And yet, even in the hook itself, right? Like the hook is, I can be anything. And then it ends with, so why did I choose this life? And the verses themselves are like dark and full of self-doubt and, like, mm-hmm. and hard stuff, which is surprisingly apt for the stage in that founder journey, right? Because it's you're so full of these like high hopes, but the day-to-day is very grindy, right? And like the moments in between where you get to tell your friends that you're working on your dream is like the only thing that you get to hang your hat on, mm-hmm. right? As you are like sludging through all this stuff, it reminds me of, I don't know, I'm a big Gary Vee fan. It reminds me of Gary Vee's whole like clouds and dirt like mentality is this, the hook is the clouds and then the rest of the song is the dirt. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I didn't really get that until I listened to it a couple of times and I realized what the words were saying. Again, it, it, it is meant to feel like a dream, right? The beat, yeah. if you strip all the lyrics away, you could take this beat and apply it to a dream sequence in a movie. So it really is meant to have that. And even the, the, some of the effects we put on the vocals and stuff like that, it's how, it's how you think of vocals modified when you think of something happening in a dream. It's almost like if you were to create the visuals for this, it would have that almost like that shiny, like white filter over everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's even in a dream, bad things can happen. Right? <laughs> a lot of times we wake up from a dream and we're like, wait, did that happen or not? It doesn't have to be a nightmare. It can just be like, oh, something weird happened in this dream. And that's so again, it's the back and forth mentality. And for someone who's stepping into it for the first time, the song expresses that mentality. And that's if you go back to when I first started entrepreneurship almost a decade ago now with my first business, it's what it was, right? Like you make this claim, you don't really know how you're going to make it happen, (laughs) but you make the claim for it and you're like, this is what I'm doing. And then it doesn't take that long for that, that trough of despair to hit and you to doubt yourself and all those kinds of things. And this song is an example, especially in the rapping section of the second verse. This is a really good example of the what we talked about in the first episode in this series about it's going back and forth between my personal experience and my observational experience working alongside founders where i personally have never driven uber you know how it feels driving uber for the search right but i've considered it And actually, I think the reason I didn't many years ago is because I didn't have a car that qualified. It was like too old of a car (laughs) to even drive Ubers. How about that? And I I know plenty of other founders who are or who have driven Uber so that way they can fund their company in the early days. But at the same... So while that's observational, at the same time, I have intentionally ordered Domino's because I know I'll save some money if I get that for dinner instead of any other pizza place. Skipping on the tip of pepperoni pie from Domino's. Yeah. And that idea of like, 
you, you skimp on the tip because you're trying to save a buck really wherever you can. Or I think the next lyric then is, Yo, don't forget to use the coupon. Wondering if we'll ever hit the scale of being coupon. That's also part of it too. If you're like, oh, damn it. Shoot, we spent 15 bucks on this and we had a $3 off coupon that we forgot to use. Those are the kinds of things that, that actually happen and have happened to me. And then at the same time, what, while you're debating or you're lamenting over not using the coupon or trying to remember if you use the coupon, the irony is you're like, well, how can we get to this scale of, the, of a company like Groupon? Yeah, yeah, totally. And the, it's a theme that you hit on multiple times, which I think it's so present with founders, right? Like this, like the stage where you're just like broke, right? And the universal feeling of all those things that you're doing, the Domino's order, using a coupon. I'm like, I wonder, I love that you brought Uber into this, right? Because I feel like Uber, there is a generation of entrepreneurs that I think that consideration of driving Uber is iconic, right? Like (laughs) same thing for me, right? Early on, I'm just like, I remember having a conversation with my sister, whatever, man, if I got to drive Uber or do, or, or, or Instacart, I will. And I remember her giving me this, oh my God, if you drive Uber, You know, like, and it's, and it's this like shame slash badge of like honor of hustle that you're willing to get down and get into it if you need to, which is basically what all these things are, right? Like the whole idea of eating dominoes. And it is a long story about giving up short-term pleasures for long-term gains, essentially. Yeah, exactly. You're, and that's what I think so much of entrepreneurship is, it's sacrificing the now for the later. Now, while I never actually drove Uber myself, I do actually drive a Hyundai. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, I'm curious. Uh, how come you did you drive Uber then or no? I did not. I did what not. was your what was your? Because I didn't. Even if I had a car that qualified, which I could have gotten, I didn't. I, I know my reason. I'm curious to hear yours. Yeah, I also drive a Honda Fit that that I'm I'm not like. <laughs> it was one part car. It was the other part was my wife ended up getting a really good paying job and it just, we were able to pay our bills. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. I was single. (laughs) I I didn't have a wife to be my sugar mama, but. Yeah. It was a big perk. I, my reason that I never did it was the downside of Uber is you cannot do anything else but drive. So it was. Um, I was like, I think this, I might make a few bucks right now, but I, I'm going to be wiped at the end of the day, having driven for 10 hours to make the money to do the thing that I have no time left for. So I started to figure out other ways, but that, again, that, that was just my own experience. And I know it makes sense for a lot of people and it does work. I know plenty of people who use Uber as a way to do like market research. Like they'll talk to the, to their passengers about their idea, or I even know a couple of people who are rappers who would play their album or play their tracks while driving without saying it's them, just to see the natural reaction of the passengers. And then they would start to modify their music according to that. Yeah. I was going to say, to me, the big allure of driving Uber when you're in this phase is the networking, right? If you are in an ecosystem where that networking is there for you, I think it's a totally like strategic move. But yes, high opportunity cost if you're not using Uber and leveraging it for something else as well. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. The the this song is 
figuring out that balance and trying to figure out how to make it work. That's really what the point of this song is, which is almost everyone's step one. It's you have the enthusiasm combined with the, I don't know how we're going to pull it off, but I think, but I know we will, or at least I think we will. And I hope we will. Yeah. And you capture that really nicely with the, but what goes up must come down. Never thought it would apply to my mind unwound. They call me founder, even though I'm unfound. I'm supposed to run the show when I'm so run down. I feel like that's that line that you're essentially capturing that, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, that that's exactly it. it it's, try, it's trying to figure it out. One of the things that a lot of entrepreneurs say is you build the airplane while flying it. And that, that's what's captured there. Yeah. yeah. Any lyric in this song that you were like, ooh, yeah, when you were writing it, that hit you that you want to talk about? All right. I just think I thought it was like funny to to get get the phrase butt stain in there and rhyme it with Hyundai. <laughs> it's true. Have the sea clean. Last rider left a butt stain. That's true. <laughs> uh, but coming up like right before that, some of the other things that really do happen is all my everyday hustle for the bright lights. Even if it means skipping meals when the price hike. Even if it means skipping meals, eating rice white. We. And this comes back to even like, it's brought up in I Get Around, that idea of you're going to eat Taco Bell to save money. Or in some cases, like in this song, like you're just going to skip lunch altogether, or maybe just eat that granola bar or protein bar at 11 a.m. because you know it'll sustain you until 3 p.m. Or this idea of white rice is one of the cheapest things you can buy. So you're doing all these things just, just to figure out how to, it's like, you, it's like you Lego brick your life together for as long as you need to. Yeah. just to see if you can make it work at the end of the day. Yeah. And then the future scene is a IPO someday. That's everyone's vision and everything, but remember that line cuz when we talk about the NXT there's a callback to this line. So I'll save the explanation for when we play that episode, but just remember future scene is a IPO someday came up in this song. Interesting. Interesting. All right, so speaking of callbacks to NXT I do want to, I do want to have like excerpts of this where we're talking about particularly funny lyrics and NXT was the first one where I was like, I really want to ask you about this line, but the butt stain line, right? <laughs> that is within the future scene IPO someday. You're right. You're rhyming Hyundai with butt stain with IPO someday with a road that goes one way. Yep. What order, <laughs> what order did that come into your mind? Like at what point were you like, was Buttstain something like, oh, okay, cool. I'm just missing like one line here. So I'm going to go with Buttstain or? I think, yeah. I mean, it definitely, the order that you see it in was the order I thought of it in. Or the, order, the order you hear it in is the order I thought of it in. But as I was thinking about that, coming like finishing that verse. You know how I feel driving Uber for the surge, right? Tesla dreams, but I pull up in a Hyundai. Again, I drive a Hyundai. So it made sense to throw that in there. And it'd be cool to drive a Tesla. I don't have a garage, so I can't charge it. <laughs> um, but the what's something that always happens in Ubers is people puke or people throw up in your Uber. They leave it dirty. Or in this case, it's like they shat in your car, which doesn't happen. Maybe not. But Or like, just super you, sweaty butt stain. Whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. you have to deal with a lot of bullshit. Yeah. If you drive Uber, because passengers are just assholes sometimes. People are people. 
So that was the idea there. It was like, all right, you got to clean off this butt stain. And it's as you've got this rag, you're cleaning off someone's stain in your back seat. You're also thinking about how you'll never do this again someday because you're going to, you're going to IPO in that someday in the future. Changing lanes in a row that only go one way. Like quite literally you're changing lanes because it's an Uber you're driving, Mm -hmm. but it's the metaphorical road. Like you're, you're changing lanes back and forth, but you see it only as a one-way road and that road is forward and that road is up. Yeah. Yeah. You're like iterating constantly, but you've got a very clear direction. Yeah. You're not looking in the rear view. You're not turning back. Did you, have you, did you suffer that in your, in your first couple of years, man? I remember my best friend is a highfalutin corporate lawyer that buys and sells like companies, hundred million dollar to billion dollar deals kinds of thing. And I remember him criticizing me on like, Hey man, you're constantly changing how you say what you're doing. And I'm like, isn't that, isn't that what you're supposed to be doing? And I had a real like disconnect between the idea that like he's buying and selling these like high price companies and I'm out here just like iterating and building in public. And I didn't know if it was like a generational thing. It was an entrepreneurship versus employee thing. Is that something that in your ecosystem that is very common and people struggle with, or is it something you went through? Talk to me about that. Oh yeah. It's why my company exists because it's such a struggle for so many founders. But even my first business prior to Startup Hype Man, that was the perennial problem that we had was every five days or five weeks, we were like changing what it was exactly that we were doing and how we were talking about it. The level of confusion I know that like my family had in that process was pretty high because it'd be like every couple months, I'd have a different story and be like, oh, now we're doing this. And I, and I know, no, they had so many conversations without me in the room that were like, what's he doing with his life? Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I hope you've been enjoying the conversation on making the goat thus far. We still have a whole lot more to dive into on this song in this episode. But before we go any further, I want to just pause and let you know about a partner who was instrumental in helping bring the album to life, a partner who's been instrumental on this podcast and supporting it, and just who's been overall a huge supporter of Startup Hype Man's overall goat-to-market platform. And that partner of ours is Akeva, and I want them to become your partner in software development. And if you do that, they're going to help you go from zero to one. Whether that's blockchain or no chain, Web3 or Web2, mobile apps or SaaS, Akeva builds it at startup speed and enterprise-level refinement and class. That's why startups like Stride Health, Haveno, Olive Side, and so many more have trusted Akeva from their first dollar all the way up to their billion-dollar valuation. And they're ready to help you become the goat to market. I've sent a bunch of startups at Cava's way. They've all been so grateful for the connection. And they have a killer offer for you. It's called a You Call It Code Review. What does that mean? A Cava will review the most critical parts of your code so you can see exactly what your tech needs to launch or scale. And they'll do this completely free. And then you call it from there. So you want to handle things on your own? You call it. Want to get a Cava's dev help? You call it. Want to take it somewhere else? You call it. It's an unbeatable offer, and like I said, they've been Startup Hype Man's partner in supporting the Goat to Market platform. They even get a shout out in one of the songs on the album, and I want them to become your partner in software development. Ready to see if you qualify for a You Call It code review? Well, just fill out the inquiry form on their website at akava.io. That's A-K-A-V-A.io, akava.io, and tell them Startup Hype Man sent you. Back now to the conversation. Yeah, totally. 
That's interesting. All right. Yeah. Same here, right? Like I <laughs> immigrant parents, right? And then you end so the bridge at the end, right? Like it hit me now that you are making this a dream sequence. And then the bridge at the end is this whole idea of everything that you wanted and all your dreams coming true, right? And now that I'm here, I can see in the mirror. How come I sleep? So you're just, you end this thing with this real vibe of this is a liminal space between dreams and reality. Do you want to tell me about that bridge? Yeah, because when you're actually enduring this, it can, it, it quite literally is a lot of sleepless nights, right? Because you just have so many thoughts that rattle back and forth. You can't settle your mind down to actually fall asleep. Um, and sometimes it's thoughts of doubt. Other times it's because you're actually like, you're on one, right? Your mind is like brainstorming and then somehow it hits at like midnight. And so then you're like, you're laying in bed, but you're thinking about all the cool stuff, right? Because you're like, oh, we could do this and this. You start like strategizing. You don't, you end up not sleeping as a result. I think I probably have like perennial bags under my eyes or dark spots under my eyes because of like my first three years of entrepreneurship. <laughs> that, that bridge is divided into two sections. The first section. This is everything I want and dream at night. And now that I'm here, I can see in the mirror. How come I ain't sleeping? So that first half of the bridge is I'm looking at myself in the mirror being like, why, why can't I fall asleep? This is not what I thought it was going to be. This is not everything I thought it could be. But then the second half is the redemption and like the recommitment, right? And when the day goes by, I'm still going to try. Nothing ever was promised, ain't no lie. So as long as I'm here, I'm going to look in the mirror like, try to defeat this. So the first time you look in the mirror, you're saying, how come I ain't sleeping? But then the second time you look in the mirror, you see your own reflection and you're like, all right, come at me. Like, I'm unstoppable, that kind of thing. And then the final hook, the background talking that you hear is full of confidence, right? I can be anything. I can be anything I want to be. I can be anything. The choice is on me. I can be anything. Just the way you'll so see. Why did I choose this? I chose this. I can be anything. So keep your cars. I can keep be your clothes. anything. Keep your fancy hotels. I can be and your expensive dinners. Because I'm so going to get my Just wait, you'll see from the garage to the grand mirage, you just watch, we're going to have it, all those things. That's all full of confidence. And it segues nicely into Thankless, the next track, which is it's confidence and arrogance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I, it makes me think two things. One is this is, I really, I remember when we were looking at other albums and other mixtapes and you're like, this thing has high, it has some repeat listenability. I remember you, you criticized something one time with that. I was like, man, I, I didn't even, even, I didn't even think about that when thinking of this project, I just want to make something cool. And those things, right? Like the one part of pump up part of this album is one of the big reasons I love listening to this thing in the morning, right? Like I, I really do. There's been many weeks that I go through and I'm like three out of four, three or four days of that week, I'm listening to the whole, the mixtape's like 30 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. As I'm getting ready and it just gets me in a mindset and I love it for that reason. And I think it's going to have really high re-listenability because of that. And I 
before I move on to the next one, I just want to, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Like how present was your idea of making this a, a ritual tape that I want to listen to while I'm shaving or whatever? Yeah, I think it's cool. That that's what's happened for you. I thought of this as, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily had the moment in time of while getting ready, but I thought of this as the heartbeat and the pulse of the founder. So you use it when you want to, when you need that pump up, you use it when you need that pick me up. And that's why different songs have different sounds to them, right? Like this is that pick me up kind of song. The next song, Thankless, is like windows down on a summer day kind of vibe. And that's when we get into that, we'll talk about it. But that's what first time I heard that beat, that's exactly what I said. I was like, this is windows down on a summer day. <laughs> Yeah. And then the last thing I want to comment on, this is the first time that you decided to do that whole like background talk, ranting while like the last part of the hook is going, which we employ more than once on this album. And it's such a freaking cool feature that I just never thought about, man. Like, I, I love it when songs do this, right? When you have that, the third, the third hook has this like background thing pump up in the background that employs it. I wonder how you think of that or, or, or where you've seen it or how you came up with that part. I just know like being a lot more experienced in music now versus, I don't know, a decade ago or more. I know what a full song sounds like and I know when and where depth needs to be created. Hmm. You could do this same song and cut out the last part and just play the hook as normal and it's fine but it doesn't have a it, it you feel more empty after having listened to it it feels incomplete in a way and also the story if you will doesn't resolve itself without that so this this was a song that required that and because it is that starting to figure out your coming of age, like by the end of the song, it needs that. You can't just end it on just the hook, which is, which is projection combined with doubt, right? You have to marry that with, no, this is, we're in this thing. We're doing it. We're going to make it work. That kind of thing. And where some other songs don't need that, this is a song that does need that, especially because again, that the, beat behind this is so like dream sequency you've got to have this to almost come out of the dream Do you think about story? I, I thought about story when it came to the whole album. I never really thought to think of story in the song itself. Do you think about story for every song? Does it have a context, character, conflict, resolution kind of thing in every song? For the songs that are meant to tell a story, absolutely. One of the things that 
I'm intentional about is you can't really take on my everyday hustle for the bright lights, even if it means skipping bills when the price hike and just randomly move that to the first verse because then it doesn't make sense anymore. So the flow of lyrics is super intentional. Now, one thing that I think you helped a lot with in the production of this or the creation of this is helping release the reins a little bit on the fact that every song must follow the overall story arc to a T. Because that was one of the things I think I was struggling with at first was like, am I allowed to use this lyric in this song if we're technically not there yet in the story? And the conversations we had around, it doesn't need to be that. It doesn't need to be that tight really helped make the overall thing better, like every song better, because by and large, it still does follow that story arc. But not having, not being constrained by that allowed me to actually get to a better flow state and actually make all the lyrics higher quality and actually even more closely follow the story arc, I think. I'm glad you brought that up, man. I that was the first moment where I felt like I was a really valuable partner on this thing. Like before that, I was just like, I I know that I pressured you real hard to make this this album. <laughs> like I was like, man, you got to do this. And I think, and I know that I had Michael, our beat producer, who's super talented. Like I I knew I had a relationship with him, and I knew that with that I could help you make this happen. But when you wanted me like on board for the ride, that was like the first moment where I'm like, okay, I'm just I'm a little I'm a little more than just a cheerleader on this thing, and I can actually like help with it, man. So I really. I really, I look back at that moment really fondly, man. I'm glad you, I'm glad you- uh, well, That was much appreciated. Yeah. Again, yeah. it was really a huge help in allowing this to come together and making this entire thing something that I want to listen back to. <laughs> Not just, I expect other people to, but I actually listen to it quite frequently. That's cool. That's cool. All right. I want to move on to Thankless, but before that, you're telling me you're cognizant of the story. What is the similarity between putting together a song and an album and like constructing a pitch? There, there is, in a philosophical way, you have the first thing that's going to hit someone when they hear a song is the beat. And that's the thing that they're going to come back to over and over again is the sound of it, right? The beat. In a pitch, the way I've deduced it is like the equivalent of the beat is the problem that you're solving for. And that's the thing that you like, that people will keep coming back to regardless or not of your existence. So you have to have like respect for that first. And then from there, what do people remember next in a song? Most likely they go to the hook. That's the thing that everyone can sing along with. So what you solve, like how you, your product should be the hook. So if they think about the problem first, the next thing they think about is what you can do for them. So that's like A, B kind of rhythm is the way that there is similarity there. But even beyond that direct philosophical comparison, the process of making music, like if you're doing it well, like when I'm writing these lyrics, I'm not just thinking about what rhymes. I'm thinking about where am I trying to take the listener in this? And similarly, when you're pitching your company, that's what you should be thinking about is where am I trying to take my audience? Where am I trying to take the listener or the viewer in this? And it's about them more than it is about you. You described exactly how I listen to music. (laughs) (laughs) 